Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up wanna do all the show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Yo, I ain't even gonna hold you, bro. After 13 years, that yo that intro music is still the shoddy. That that track is menacing, <laughs> and they name do his thing on there. That track is menacing. <laughs> I think we, on, I man. think we've been, I think we've been broke too long. I swear on everything I love. I was just thinking <laughs> about how hard that track goes. I was yo, like, yo, but do you, I made do you remember like, like there was a music. day? In time, where we was like, all right, we're going to get a fresh song, like, once a year. And, you know, be like a, like TV shows, and they change up their theme song you know, every other year. You know, we never did it because that, that John, that John hit. But, <laughs> yo, what's good, War Room family? You know, we get to talking to, our, to ourselves, and, you know, we forget y'all be here sometimes. But we love y'all. But what's good? Y'all are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother B. Austin. Uh, Jimmy the Blueprint going pop in for a minute and, and, and pop out. Uh, you know, take that however you want to take that. But um, <laughs> we we here. <laughs> That's what she said. But, you know, we here. Uh, the first round of the NBA playoffs are pretty much set, except for the final two playing teams. Uh, we're going to find out about them on Friday night. So we're going to discuss hoops, man. So sit back, relax, and bust it up again with your brothers in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of human history. Episode 675 starts now. You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, that number as usual, as it has been for the last 13 years, right along with the theme song, 323-410-0012. So what up, what up, fam? Um, yeah, I wanted to ask Jimmy about this too, man, but you you nervous about the upcoming um, documentary or, or no? You ain't, you ain't got no ties to that. Nah, I'm good. I'm only on the cover of Uncle Luke DVD. I'm straight. I, they can't catch me. I'm freaking out. Know. <laughs> hey, man, once you're on the cover of Uncle Luke DVD, you know, they don't get no crazier than that. So it really who, don't. Who afraid of this document? Document, documentary, excuse me. Speaking of Uncle Luke, though, Uncle Luke and Jermaine Dupree um, have something to do with this. Like, they're the creators, producers of this thing. Um I believe they it. snitching? They snitching or no? Yeah. Yo, but my <laughs> my thing is my my thing is as a as a gentleman, I really feel like uh, even if y'all catch me, I mean, y'all really, I ain't really got nothing to be embarrassed about. But some of y'all moms and some of y'all grandmoms and some of y'all aunties, yo, they was nasty. I don't, I don't know, know though. Y'all, 
I, you know, full Man. disclosure, I, I've, I've attended two Freakniks in my lifetime, Freaknik 96 and Freaknik 97. So, Ooh. you know, a, a lot of this going around, you know, people saying they're nervous, a lot of it is jokes, but I, 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 I guarantee you there's a great percentage of people who probably, you know, changed their life around since their college age days who really are nervous about what this footage may show. Like, I've seen some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my life in Atlanta during those two years, the, the three or four days, the, probably the three days each that I was down there for Freaknik. I've seen some of the crazy. First of all, B, you already know about 90s versus now. We talked about this before, so, you know, it's, it's no secret. 90s had sort of like a rape culture. But back then, it wasn't looked at like that. It's looked at as rape culture now. You remember the days down in South Street in Philly at the Greek or just a regular Friday, Saturday in South Street? Like dudes talking to girls was pretty much grabbing a chick by her arm or grabbing her by her clothes or something like that. Ripping her, ripping that her was, up and bringing her to Right. And you and you kind of thought that was what game. Up, like, come here, come here, come here, come here, baby. And, you know, just grab. Like, yeah. you can't do that in 2023. Like, you'll catch a charge in 2023. Uh, I, but that I, kind of I stuff? Good. I ain't going to hold you, bro. And it wasn't that Freaknik. It was actually – we had our own version of Freaknik, i.e. the Greek the Greek in, in the Philly. The thing about the Greek, though, they really, really tried to make it about what it was supposed to be about. It was the ignorant-ass people in Philly who never even smelled yeah. or sniffed a college or a Greek or any of the culture that they were trying to lay down who made it way more ignorant than it was supposed to be. Because I ain't going to hold you. When I was in high school, I went down to the Greek picnic pretty, plenty of times, and I ain't know what a Kappa, Alpha, Omega. I ain't know about none of that. I knew it was going to be chicks there and – Disclaimer, we are not proud of this. We do not condone. It's actually sad. We've got daughters of our own. But I would see young women and come out the other side missing a shoe and damn near naked. Like, I've yeah. seen that happen multiple, multiple times. Yeah. It, it, it was somewhat disgusting. And, and even though, you know, in your youth, it's like, yo, you want to do you want to do something strange for a piece of change. You want to run from the back. Never. But yeah. even with all of that, you feel uncomfortable with that because it's like you know that that's wrong. Like there's nothing consensual about what's going on. Like that's not cool. Yeah, and yet, it was, it was a whole night. different culture back that then, man. <laughs> Stuff that I have you behind bars right now. The two times that I've been to Freaknik, dude, like, you turn the corner, you know, you're driving down one of the peach trees because, you know, Atlanta got like 65 peach trees. You turn on to the next peach tree and you have no clue what you're about to see till you, you know, till you turn that corner and you see John getting smiggityed on the top, on the hood of a car, and it's like 65 dudes surrounding the car and everybody got their finger in whatever orifice they can fit it in. And and this is like three or four chicks on the top of the car. 
you know, doing what they call these days twerking. Like everybody swears something is new and they give it a name. Like they've been doing that for decades. But, you know, like I said, everybody just got their finger and their hand and horses and doing this and that. And they think that's cool. Like, (laughs) so, 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 so I'm, I'm curious. Like, I think a lot of people are nervous and I don't really think Luke, I mean, it is Luke involved, but I don't think Luke and, 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 Jermaine Dupree are even going to go that far. I think the footage they show is going to be the basic. I mean, they might go a little bit with with people dancing and maybe scantily clad, but all of the stuff that dudes and women are nervous about, their kids and grandkids finding out about them, I really don't see them taking it that far. But we shall see. Uh, It'll be out on what Hulu sometime soon, so I'm curious. Yeah, you know, on Hulu. Like I, I've never done any super crazy stuff in public, so I'm not one of those people. Like I've, <laughs> I've joked about it, but I'm not one of those people that's nervous. Like I'm gonna be looking on the jaw, hoping I get a cameo. You know what I mean? Because I know like, I ain't doing nothing crazy, but taking photos. With Yo. But um. And and then you gotta remember but, but these are some lot of, of the people that you've been. These are some of the people that listened to and defended Robert Kelly. So yeah. that sets the tone for the time. Speaking of him, man, yeah. I had never gotten around to watching the second installment of Surviving R. Kelly, and I'm watching it this week. And this, this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, that's one sick dude, man. And I only I started watching two because I'm like, all right, I never watched this, and it's a part three out. So I wanted to catch up so I can watch part three, but – that's a sick dude, man. But you're right. That's the same same people that defend R. Kelly, same people that defend Bill Cosby, you know, who who don't think it's anything wrong with <laughs> what used to go on back in the day. All right. But before we get started on what we really came here to talk about, we just got to remind y'all that whether you're with us live or not, anytime on demand, you can check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that either on our website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms because we're pretty much on all the ones that you possibly could be listening to. So whatever you're listening to, go to the search bar, hit War Room Sports Podcast Network, and you'll see all of your favorites from the network. You'll see the War Room. You'll see uh, John Appetit, the Broad Street Line, Tissue and the Tape, on the couch with the Wilsons, uh, superstars who I'm sad to say uh, they're they're on kind of a hiatus, you know. Uh, so shout out to those brothers. Um, it's still fifty fifty up in the air whether they're going to be doing their podcast. Um, nothing happened between the brothers. It was just a situation where somebody moved, um, and and you know the way they do there. You know, I mean, you know, we, we've done that for years. We've never been in the same room. But they're, they have a video uh, component to theirs where, you know, they're sitting around all in the same room. So it really doesn't work the way it's supposed to work with one of the main figures uh, moved out of town. But, you know, your brothers over here at the War Room are giving them all kinds of ideas and, and, and assistance. So... Maybe they can get that thing back up and running. But shout out to everybody on the network. Let's get into these hot topics, man. Hot topics, as usual, brought to you by MyBookie. For all you degenerate gamblers out there, it's time for you to make some more money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked out MyBookie, it's 
Time to stop wasting time and place a bet. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports. Those NBA playoff games are, are, are slowly approaching. They'll be here this weekend. Join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live bettings. You can place wages even after the game starts. So join now, and MyBookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to a grand. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, that'll activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, get your bread. Nothing else to it, man. Sounds simple enough for me. All right, so um, look, man, a lot of stuff going on in sports. As a matter of fact, we'll start with a little bit of uh, breaking news. This news broke maybe an hour or two before the show started. Daniel Snyder has, and the Josh Harris group, which is led by, of course, uh, Josh Harris, the owner, one of the owners of the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Jersey Devils in the uh, NHL, um, and he's originally from – he's also a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's originally from the Washington, D.C. area. They have come to an agreement on selling the Washington Commanders for $6.05 billion. So Dan Snyder, who to the fans of the DMV has been trying to run him up out of here for several years now, and even though we saw some news last week that looked like he was pulling the sale off the table, money talks, BS runs a marathon, um, shout out to Nino, or whoever said that, maybe that was Scotty Appleton who said that, um, yo, that's, that's, that's a bag. As a fan of a team in the division, I'm salty about this. Let's say, as a man, Very. it's cool because... You're looking at a fan base that's loyal as hell who's been getting jerked over by this dude for the last two decades probably, um, and they deserve better. But as a fan, F them, and I dread it this day because we've talked about it on this show for a long time. I feel like – They're about to win the chip. It, right. I feel like there's a curse over this franchise because of Daniel Snyder, and I felt as soon as he sold the team, they were going to get back to – the Washington Redskins of the late 80s, early 90s, and that's no bueno for an Eagles fan like myself. Um, what I'm also proud of is that Magic Johnson is a part of this uh, this new ownership team that's, that's purchasing the team. So, you know, shout out to Magic for being one of the owners of an, an NFL franchise if the deal indeed goes through. But, Magic, I'm going to have to root for your fail, man. Not as a businessman, because I've watched Daniel Snyder run up the bag for the last few decades while his team was, you know, mostly trash. So I wish the same thing upon you, Magic. Get your bread, little duffel bag boy, but I hope the team is trash. So obviously, what y'all think about this? Obviously, he got to sell his stake in the Steelers. Yeah, right, 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 since he's about to be majority of, of this squad. But I'm pretty sure that's not a problem for him. Um, this is the team that he grew up rooting for. So, you know, he pretty much hit the jackpot, man. He hit the jackpot. That's crazy because the Broncos um, were sold last year for like $4.65 billion and we were wooing that. I don't Price understand. Today's price ain't yesterday's under- price, man. 
I don't understand how they arrive at the valuation, man. And 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 that probably that sounds naive and trash, but I just yo, he's run this franchise into directly into the ground. Like like <laughs> they're gonna have to get a new Huh? Yeah, but that ain't got nothing to do with the revenue it's able to generate, though, right? So, I mean, it's an NFL yeah. franchise. There's only there's less than 35 of them in existence, so that's scarcity right there. And the revenue the NFL generates, I mean, those, these numbers ain't, ain't going one, ain't going but one way. Also, he owns uh, so Palace FC. He's the managing partner of that too, so he got all kinds of sports business. Yeah. Yo, shout out, shout out to RSL, Real Salt. I'm reading, I'm reading this book. This boy, Josh Harris, boy, he's on the board of Mount Sinai Hospital, Harvard Business School, and Warden. Yeah, he owned the world. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he Illuminati. Oh, nah, he's definitely, he's definitely yo, a he's yo definitely I was juggernaut. just about to say he a part of the naughty, yo. <laughs> yo, he, yo he's, 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 he's a juggernaut. He's a juggernaut, bitch. And I hear what Jimmy said, and, and, I, and I agree. Logically, but I just, it's like we, I guess I associate winning with value. <laughs> so I'm like, winning franchise. The, cow, the Cowboys were self September. I know, win. that's the perfect, that's the perfect example. Right. And, it, hey, and it's and great, it's a great example for representation of America, because America yeah, the is the personification of mediocrity. They never got to the conference finals, yo. Clippers ass. That's messed up. Yeah. But no, but I, I get you, B. It's just it's just the perception of things. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I, at the same time I know I can root for Magic to become the richest he's ever become in the history of his life while at the same time running a mediocre franchise. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping. Michael Jordan, you know, allegedly is about to run up the bag because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he there's, there's rumors that he's looking to sell the the Charlotte the the Hornets so you know you know <laughs> all right so um that that news broke right before you know the show jumped off uh so let's one go last, right into one last, our... one last question okay. one last question could could the values be up because of the the value of the dollars down my bad I'm just I don't know. no I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure no, I'm, Everything has something to do with it, but you know the main thing, like Jimmy said, the NFL is the NFL. Um, shoot, Dog, the and he's in the DC area. They know that the they know that the damn fan base is excited to get bored by the head. That might have put an extra half a million at least, maybe and, a, and another five I mean, million. You know, they the Redskins, right? But they have a history as the Redskins, right? So they have a a history that travels with their franchise. They've been champions, right? They could print all kinds of money if he just turns it around. And even if he don't turn it around, the fact that there's no, ownership, they're going to print money. Up. But until maybe four years ago, they were printing money. So, yeah, their fan base is going to be excited to get more out of here. I'm telling you, everything, uh, everything's about to skyrocket there, merchandising, everything. Um, they already got a boost in merchandising just by changing the team's name. And dude knew what he was doing. Like, he, you know, all the back and forth, he probably knew ultimately he was going to sell the team. Let me go ahead and change his name, get this boost of revenue before I go. Like, these dudes know what they're doing, man. 
All right, so um, let's go right to the quote of the week, man. The quote of the week is a short one from Draymond Green. Insecurity is always loud. That's Draymond Green subbing um, uh, Timberwolves Frenchie Rudy Gobert because Rudy typed the same thing on Twitter back when Draymond Green pummeled <laughs> uh, Poole in practice. Draymond Green had to throw it back at him this week because Rudy Gobert punched his teammate Kyle Anderson on the sideline of a game last week versus the Pelicans. He was ultimately suspended for a game for his actions. That game that he was suspended for was the first, was the 7-8 playing game, which they ended up uh, losing to the Lakers, which we'll briefly discuss in a minute. Um, luckily for the Timberwolves, whether or not they think they need Frenchie or not, they get another shot at it at the playoffs on Friday in the final uh, playing game. So what's, what's, what's your thoughts on this? First of all, Frenchie punching his teammate, um, and the fact that he had something to say when Draymond punched his teammate, and now that Draymond is being Draymond and being petty and not letting it go, not forgetting what he said. Like, what do y'all think about this situation? Should they just Yo, go ahead? I think Draymond is they like funny, to punch people? Um, but I also, I don't, I've never seen a player in the league, possibly maybe the exception of Bill Lane Beer, but it was for a different reason that's been universally hated the way that, you know, Frenchie's teammates don't even like him. Like, nobody, like his ex-teammates don't like him. Nobody likes this dude. He's got to be, like, a Yeah, I really think to this day they blame him for the league shutting down. <laughs> yo, they, yo no, nobody likes dude. And the funny thing is, like, the fact that he would even speak on Draymond is proof that he's in another. Like, when Draymond stops pool, what they got to do with you? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. why even, you know what I mean? So, you know, and Draymond is petty, and I found it funny. Yo, not um, only did Draymond sub him, Draymond cooked him while trying to give him props. Go ahead, B. I, I, we'll discuss that after you give your thoughts. Yo, I, I – Jimmy's point, he's one of the more hated figures in the NBA uh, because he was in conjunction with the Wuhan virus. But I just think it's funny – when these cats speak on each other and then exhibit the same behavior, like um, one of the greatest players of all time who happens to be a bit hassling in Kevin Durant, <laughs> spoke on LeBron and then did something even more despicable. Yo, Frenchie, you spoke on Draymond and then proceeded to try and fight your teammate, not in practice, not in practice, on a sideline. Where was that energy for the other team? Where was the energy for the other team? Right. Um, when I said Draymond cooked him, Draymond talked about it on his podcast, but he was trying to give Rudy Gobert props because Draymond was like, you know, I heard the situa- situation went down because Kyle Anderson called Rudy Gobert a B. And Draymond was like, you know, you call a grown man the B word, you got to be prepared for what comes afterwards. So he was like, so Rudy gained Raymond my respect. He, he's like, Rudy gained my respect in that aspect, but he kept throwing shots at him during the whole thing, saying, like, you know, he didn't expect that because, like Jimmy said, everybody thinks Rudy Gobert is a B. So, 
So he was cooking him and giving him props at the exact same time, and I thought that was uh, super hilarious. Um, so, like I said, they lost the game without him. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that it was because of that, because the Lakers didn't necessarily have a great offensive game anyway, and defense is all Rudy Gobert is really going to contribute in a, in a situation like that anyway. But, um, you know, <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to the Timberwolves. We'll see uh, how that works out for them in the long run. Like Jimmy said, not a lot of, not even his teammates like him, but they gave up a lot to get him. So, so it's a, it's a situation brewing over there in Minnesota. All right. So um, let's talk about the play-in tournament real quick. Uh, earlier in the week, um, the Hawks Heat battled it out for the uh, in the seven eight play-in game. Uh, the Hawks actually beat the Heat one sixteen one oh five, led by uh, Trey Ice Trey and twenty two rebounds from Clint Capella. Um, so the Hawks get into the playoffs with the seventh seed. So because of that, of course, that means the Heat get another shot at it. So the Heat will play the Chicago Bulls, who beat the Raptors 109-105 yesterday, um, eliminating the Raptors but giving the Bulls another chance versus the Heat uh, Friday at 7 p.m. to get into the playoffs. On the other side of things, the Lakers uh, beat the Timberwolves in OT without Frenchie, uh, 108 to 102. Uh, the Thunder beat the Pelicans. The Thunder, who everybody claimed was tanking in the beginning of the season, uh, beat the, the Pelicans 123-118 to get a playoff berth for themselves. Now, I'm sorry, they did, they did, they were uh, a lower seed, so they didn't get the bid yet. But beating the Pelicans gets them into the uh, AC playing game with the Timberwolves tomorrow. So before we get, fellas, your opinion on who's going to win these two games tomorrow, did anything stand out to y'all in these first four playing games? Like I said, the Lakers and Timberwolves battled, battled it out. Um, the Lakers didn't particularly have a great game. Uh, when you look yeah, at LeBron's Lakers stat line, right, his stat line is always going to look great. But when you go to the advanced stats, LeBron was a, a minus 14 which was his no, second did, lowest looked, of the LeBron season. Tired, man. But you can't well, tell. Well, here's the thing, if right? You listen to anybody the next day, LeBron was getting the biggest blumpkin I've ever seen for somebody who played just all right. But LeBron's all right. He, he, he just I mean, it's all, seven and six. So, I mean, it's also you know. year 20. And when you compare him and the other folks in year 20, it's like, a, I don't know. I mean, there's no comparison. I'm about to say that's no comparison. But the standards for LeBron are higher Negative fourteen. And I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get some Jay Z bars off. Though. It's never been <laughs> this good for this long. My fault. Anyway, um, but with that being said, the Lakers look terrible, right? And mm-hmm. you look at the Timberwolves, who uh, were missing their two best defenders, and the Lakers barely got by. But I'll be honest with you, this is no shot. I'm not trying to be smart. The only reason the Lakers won is because Anthony Edwards was ass cheeks. Like he was too packed to ass. Like he can't yeah. play like that no more. Like he's too good he, to play like that. He, he was something like. like Three for fifteen for nine points. Um, he took a spill yeah. early in the game. Um, I don't know if that had any bearing on his performance. And also, of course, Cat playing a pretty good first half drifted out to that perimeter in the second half. I heard Yo, people saying the Lakers like a, defense like a cat. forced him to the perimeter. I'm like, did they though, or or is this the way he really wants to play? 
Cats going to be cats. They're just not a, they're, they're, they're not ready. <clears throat> they're not ready. But I know Ant-Man can't play like that because he's going to start getting a reputation of not showing up in big games. Yeah. He, he just is, you know, now, granted, he's, he's still such a talent that I can't see him doing it again. But that's the only reason the Lakers won is because Ant was ass. Ant, Ant, Ant was Ant was ass, and when you say they're not ready, I think I can accept that for everyone but Cat because Cat to me is one of those players where you give him the benefit of the doubt of being young. Cat, Pat. but he's almost to a point where he can't get the um, he's he's too young uh, pass anymore. No man, you just you just soft, you unpowerful at the forward. Yeah, he. He just he cats. I mean, at least he get to go home to that warm thing. But I mean, he cat otherwise. Mhm. So the Lakers, uh, they'll do that to them, and they're going to get in, and they're going to put inordinate amount of pressure on LeBron's shoulders in year twenty. It's going to fail. The Jordan haters, are, the Jordan, the Jordanaires are going to come out and battle LeBron sexuals. LeBron's going to flame out of the playoffs, and that'll be that. Yeah, or it could happen another way, like all of this late-season luck, getting Anthony Davis back might put them over the top because they're a low seed that nobody really wants to face in the first round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, my thing is, as long as Anthony Davis is healthy, they have a chance. But Anthony Davis staying healthy I don't think is... The team, I don't think the team is built right there. Yeah, but I think they kind of fixed a lot of their problems during the trade deadline. Like they went from a team that couldn't shoot to a pretty decent. No, they absolutely team. did. Like snitch ball fits in better. Um, so they they they're not the same team that started the season. So I even think District a, Nine off the bench some... who saved them the other day with a three pass from LeBron. Yo, you gotta say yo, pass you from know, LeBron. ice ice vein, ice vein, District Nine. Matter of fact, he got we gotta find a new name for him because he might be the biggest bag fumbler in the history of sports. Yeah, like definitely. Yeah. <laughs> he turned down like twenty four million a year to play for the same team for two point four million. Might have to call him Young <laughs> Tiki. <laughs> had to call him Young Tiki. He be dribbling. Yeah, he young dribbled Tiki. that bag. But 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 the addition of him, the addition of D'Lo, like that's a whole different team. So I think there's something to be said about what you're saying, like. They have that ability to sneak in, but it's it's going to be tough. I guess the only good thing that it's going for them is there's really nobody in the West where it's like they're a clear cut favorite. Where I'm like, yo, they're going to kill everybody because even the one seed is kind of stuck. Like, I mean, it could so be it Phoenix just because they got Durant, but we haven't seen them play enough to make exactly. that distinction. Like, all right, they're going to be that. Yeah. But the Lakers got the Grizzlies so here's the in the thing. first round, so Shannon Sharp probably going to be happy. He's going to go start a fight. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? If the Lakers made it all the way to the chip, it wouldn't shock me. If they lost in the first four games of the playoffs, it wouldn't shock me. Like, <laughs> either way, it wouldn't shock me. Like, it just, so you would like, probably say the Lakers are the most unpredictable team in the playoffs this season. Yeah, Man, because super Davis, they also Anthony just Davis picked up Tristan one, Thompson, too. So, so you know. Yeah, Anthony Davis is like one touch. Like, every time he falls, it's like, oh, here you go. He's going for the season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so – He's so fragile, but he's such an important part of what they're doing. So it's just tough. Right. Yo, I think right. because of that, though, people forget how talented he is. Like, when he was in New Orleans, like, there were people making an argument that he was the best player in the league. 
And but because he's Mr. Glass now, people forget how good he is when he does play. Yeah, I mean, people definitely forget. People, like, I hear a lot of disrespect for Anthony Davis. Like, it's not his play. It's it's his, his fragility, which should be the only thing called into question, you know, on a regular basis. All right, so um, the, the first round of the playoffs are going to get started. Uh, I, I personally think um, I love the story of the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I actually think, the T-Wolves are going to uh, pull off that win, and I think the Heat are going to beat the Chicago Bulls to get in. The Heat pretty much got embarrassed the other night. Um, their lack of size uh, on their team is pretty much what, what what does them in. And playing a team like, like the Raptors, a lot of people thought the Raptors, you know, because they have so many uh, bigger players – we're going to be able to uh, to finish them off. But hold up, my bad. I'm just trying to look to see what time that game is. The the Bulls heat. Material under the table? <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, Friday at 7, and then the Thunder and Timberwolves Friday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, we'll see how these playing games go. And we'll talk a little bit more about the first round of the NBA playoffs next week, even though they will be already in progress. Um, unless y'all want to give picks on the series that we already know is out there. Just something quick. We don't need to talk about them. Just give a quick pick. Uh, Nets and Sixers. Yo, Sixers, but shout out to Mikael Bridges for like, yo, low key getting ready to he getting ready to break out to become a star, yo, and that's crazy. But yeah, uh, shout out to uh, him. But uh, I think he I got, got five games to do it. Sixers and five. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sixers. <laughs> Hawks and Celtics. Celtics, clearly, no debate. Celtics, Celtics and two and a half. Um, Knicks, yeah. Knicks and Cavs. I got Cavs in. I want to say six. I'm going to say Cavs and seven. Somebody going to grit out. I'm going to say Knicks and seven. The Knicks, the Knicks are back. I think, think Jalen Brunson about to go nuts. And I think what's going to happen right. is they're going to go nuts. They're going to make it the next round and lose before. Warriors and Kings. Warriors. Warriors. Warriors and six. Yeah, I'm going to sleep take... on the Kings. Don't sleep on yo, the Kings. Yo, that's what I don't want to sleep on them, yo. I think, yo, <laughs> I like that young squad. Shout out to Mike Brown. Yeah. But, yo, Warriors. Just don't sleep on the Kings. Lakers, Grizzlies. Jaws, Guns. Grizzly, Grizzlies <laughs> in seven. But yeah, I'm going to take the Grizzlies in seven as well. <laughs> People are like, y'all disrespecting Brown and them. Clippers and Suns. Damn, that's a crazy first-round series. Yo, that's a fire. That's a fire. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yo, somebody's gonna go out too early. Like the Clippers. Have... I think K- I think KD, but I think KD about to go crazy this playoff. Crazy. Sons I agree. Seven, I agree Sons with that seven. assessment a hundred percent. KD about to average forty a game. <laughs> Suns and seven. Then we'll see how uh, everything else is going to play out with the opponents for. The Nuggets and the opponents for the Milwaukee Bucks, they'll be decided on Friday. 
Um, either Bucks way, them teams going to win. <laughs> I'm about to say, no matter who they play, Bucks and three and a half. So it, it, it really doesn't matter. It don't even matter. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, real real quick, this is not the stat of the week, but just something. Um, well, no, before we go to that, we, we got to talk about real quick. Um, Jimmy, you mentioned something to me the other day. You were like, you know, because of the way the media and everybody, you know, around the NBA treats Joker and and the fact that Kendrick Perkins came out and said what he said, um, kind of akin to the to the the stuff that it, it was similar to what Isaiah and Rodman had to say about Bird, but not exactly, but definitely. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Perkins definitely said his whiteness played a part in how everybody sees him. So like you told me yeah. the other day, it seemed like that's kind of opening the floodgates for everybody to be critical of Nikola Jokic. Um, Boogie Cousins, who's a former backup to Nikola Jokic, has weighed in on the situation. And I want everybody to listen to his comments, and then I want to get you guys' opinion on you know, what he's actually saying and if he's right. I'm not okay with it being three MVPs in a row because it then becomes a conversation of, is this the best basketball player to ever touch a basketball? And I think we can all agree on that and say it's not. Mm. Not saying he can't be. Not saying he doesn't deserve more down the road. Mm. But at this stage in his career, I'm not okay with saying that. Mm. He hasn't won anything. He he hasn't been to a final. Like it's it's a lot of things still in play for that. Wow. So that's my only concern. It, and now this is we're in the conversation. He's at this point he's the best center of all time. Well, he's going with three in a, in a row. Yeah, three in a row. Can he dog? We're putting him over the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, wow. Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, and it's just like Wilt Chamberlain. Like that's a that's a tough conversation to have. Because we've seen what these guys have done. We've seen how their careers have panned out. So can we sit here and say right now, today, that Jokic, not only the best big to ever play, but the best basketball player to ever touch a ball with three MVPs in a row? And I'm not comfortable saying that. I'm just not yeah. comfortable saying that. So, 100%, first of all. There's another, there's another perspective on this, though. Go ahead, Dev. Uh-huh. No, I was There's about to another say, first of all, Boogie must not have heard of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, he got six of them things. Um, go ahead, go ahead, B. We'll, we'll get into it. So, so here, so here's here's the reality. How has the media and the landscape of consumer changed through the years, and how has that impacted the award? Because we have an, another player. As a template, now he didn't win three. Steve Nash, salute to him for getting as much out of his talent as possible. But Steve Nash, I, 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 I don't know where he falls on y'all list, but he definitely isn't a top five point guard for me, and maybe isn't a top ten point guard. But Nash is not even your only. LeBron James won three MVPs before he ever won anything. If, if that's but I, I see what Beyonce, well, I guess if Beyonce is saying what I'm getting ready to say, right? So sometimes things happen in, like, in the vacuum in the season, whatever. But a lot of times when you look back, 
and you, you look back at a time frame, right? Nash at this point has become a punchline for, like, people who don't deserve MVPs. People don't even look right. at what he did in the season. They just look at the fact that Shaq and Kobe at that time, some will say that should have won uh, one of those years or both of those years, depending upon, you know, how you see it. So at this point, Nash is a punchline. Like, um, no one questions Dirk because when Dirk did what he did, Dirk did what he did. But people question Nash. And the fact of the matter is, I think that if dude does win three and flames out in the playoffs as, as per usual, it may be one of those things where the history is going to look back at this and it's going to dis- kind of discredit what he's done because he'll become a punchline. So I get what Boogie's saying, but it's so, it's, it's so much to this, right? It's so much to this. I think it's very interesting that people weren't even having these conversations. Yo, if, if, if Embiid does win, he needs to send Kendrick a check, yo, because it's like – it's almost like everybody was waiting for somebody to say something to make it cool to say something. You know what I mean? Like every, it's almost. And, and the crazy part about it is, I feel like Joker even like fell into it because once Kendrick said that, he started playing a little different. If you watch their games, like Kendrick called him a stat pattern, so he stopped. He stopped doing certain things he was doing at the end of the games before then. So I feel, I feel like he even fell into it from a mental standpoint um, of the criticism that Kendrick started. See, and I get why his name comes up, but I don't, I don't, I don't look at Joker's MVPs like I look at Nash's. Joker's playing at a time like, put it like this: like I think Joel could have won it last year. I even think Greek could have won it again last year. They might have Greek fatigue as well, um, but I don't look at him as winning any MVPs that he absolutely did not deserve. I think Steve Nash won two MVPs that he absolutely did not deserve. They gave Steve Nash team awards. You know what I'm saying? And I, feel no, like- I don't look at it the exact same way. But, like, when we talk about, you know, you know, you win this and then you flame out in the playoffs, that is what it is because at the end of the day, it is a regular season award. You know what I mean? And I think the only reason yeah. that DeMarcus is thinking this way is because he knows that the masses think this way. I'm not putting Joker in any, any greatest of all time center or uh, greatest of all time player yet, even if he wins the three, because we watch basketball with a contextual eye. You know what I'm saying? Certain people mm-hmm. was doing certain things when the league had this kind of top talent. Like today, Joker might be doing it in a league that's top heavy, but at the same time, you know, you got a lot of dudes who should be in consideration, who might not play enough games because they're worried about the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, some of the better dudes in the league, like LeBron James, best player who, of the last decade or so, is is older. Like, Joker's just here at the right time. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be nice if all he right, was so, even better dudes well, me, in the league, but I don't look I at him in like the Steve Nash category. I, I don't, don't look at him I don't look at him consistently like I mean, well, I shouldn't say consistently. I don't look at him exactly like that, but I do think in retrospect, when we look back at this, it's gonna be a joke. We're gonna feel like we disrespected Giannis. I feel like right now, this is Giannis's lead. Giannis has been dominating. Even if you look at his numbers this year, Giannis is putting up historical numbers again. But I think you're right when you say Giannis fatigue. He already got one. I mean like Jordan's have- one it every year. <laughs> No, I but no, but I agree with that. I agree with that. Carl Malone should turn his back in. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but but what I'm saying is, I feel like I feel like we're looking back. This is going to be a, a, a disrespectful thing to Giannis, right? Because 
you know, I know I know JoJo is out there literally campaigning. That drives me. I, I, listen, man, pause. I love JoJo, but his campaigning for MVP, like, it rubs me the wrong way. Pause again. But Giannis doesn't do that, and Giannis is the most dominant player in the league probably the last five years. But I get your point about the Giannis fatigue, but I feel like that's what we're going to look back. Because Giannis has a great chance to win the whole thing again, literally right now. Um yeah. And, and so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But I, I think it's also interesting that, yo, Kendrick opened the gates and everybody jumped in. So people have been waiting to say something about both. Yeah, but people, you know, this is stuff that you've heard from regular fans all the time. I mean, it's obvious. I listen to y'all speak. It's obvious I hold Joker in a higher regard than y'all do because I don't I don't think that's the case with Bull. Like I don't, I don't think he's won any MVPs that he that he doesn't deserve. I don't think, I, for myself at least, I'm not going to look back at it as any Giannis disrespect or anything like that. I think personally, these last few seasons, the MVP race has been crazier than I've seen it in most of my lifetime, where three guys pretty much could have won it at any point in the last few years. Now. The fact that, you know, he is the Euro guy and the media votes on this might be the reason why he got the edge when there was a three-man toss-up, in my opinion. A lot of people didn't think it was a toss-up. A lot of people think, oh, that should have been absolutely I think, Joel. No, nah, I think, I think all three years. I would have voted for Joel, but I don't think it's disrespect to any one of them guys if any of the three of those guys right, won so- Let's let's be honest, right? So, Even this year, you know, from a political those same from, politi- from, a, from, from a political standpoint, I can never vote for Joker because it just is what it is, RBG. But now, with that being said, it's been a three man race. The same three guys have finished in the same top three in MVP voting for 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 years at this point, right? But and I they, think it's also disrespectful that those three. But it's like one dude is never winning, and I, I feel like I feel like Giannis. Like so, take. And I know the argument is for JoJo, but I'm making an argument for Giannis, yo. Because I, as I took a step back this year and looked at it, I looked at the team success. I looked at the personal success. I, I mean, you know, he's Greek freak, man. Like, it is what it is, man. We got Greek freak and the Joker. These two dudes, they got, the, they got, like, you know, superhero nicknames at this point. But um, I just feel like, man, this is his time, and he's had the success. And I know it's a regular season award, but you can't help but to factor in what happened the previous year in the playoffs. And I think that if, if they don't give it to Joker, um, it's going to be partially because of what Kendrick started. <laughs> it's also going to be See, but that's the thing. That's why I, that's, of, I don't think they should do that. Don't, like, change yeah, I, I the criteria to. of the award because of that. You know what I think they should do? I think they should have a playoff MVP because I think finals MVP is overrated. Not the person who dominated from the start to the finish get his props. Because that's more stressful than the, than, than the regular season, you know, getting the MVP in a regular season. And even though you could say the, the finals are the highest stake, look, somebody pretty much had to drag their team from start to finish, faux, faux, faux type stuff. <laughs> that would I, That's what I think would weigh the most out of the three of them. I really think – y'all know I've always thought the finals MVP was so overrated, yo. Like – yeah. Because <laughs> Shaq can tell you, I'm going to let Kobe do all the heavy lifting, and then when it's a trophy involved, the big dog got to eat. So you you got I dudes mean, that can turn it on like that when they have a good enough team or good enough teammate to do the rest of the heavy lifting. Kevin Durant. The reason I don't – Kevin Durant so had I, I don't the damn have, Warriors. 
then he can just go into the finals and just cook. Two two MVP. But but I, I, I think I think that award still holds weight though because is that the is that the when all the stakes are on the line and the one thing about all sports, not just basketball, um, those moments matter, right? Like yeah. finals moments are ingrained in our but head. They get it. Even even us they get it even wrong. us with the contextual eye, right? You say, right? Uh, we we still have final the LeBron block. You know what I mean? The Kyrie three. Um, all the different plays. I could bring up all kinds of plays from the finals, right? Um these things are ingrained in our head. And that's another thing about Joker. Like Joker doesn't have any defining moment. He just he's a machine almost and that, and that's kinda like <laughs> he don't have any game winners. There's like nothing I can think of that's like a defining moment. For Joker, he just produces at a high level consistently. Um, yeah. You know, I can see getting fatigue on that too, though. Like, like. Yeah, and they probably will. Like this is probably when Joel's begging is going to work out for him. I really think Joel's going to get it this season. Um, I do too. So I don't I think do we're going to even I have to have this conversation Joel. that Boogie is talking about. I think you it's going to be. I, mean? I think it's going to be funny when they give it to Greek Freak and they still don't give it to Joe. Joe gonna lose his mind if they don't give it to him though. Because have you? <laughs> and I know I said this. I know, but, I know I said this to you multiple times, Dev. But ha, like I never got your perspective. Have you ever seen anyone campaign for regular season MVP like this? I no. haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Like Joel, Joel is campaigning even when he's running around talking about he don't care about it. You're talking about Yo, it. No. You absolutely yeah, care like, about yo, it. they be talking about the game last night. He's like, I don't care. They be like, how do you feel about right. your play last night? I don't care about it. I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, some that. people, you know, I don't have to stat pad. and Like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, yo, they didn't ask you that. <laughs> and even when they do ask him, if he claims to not care like he claims to not care, then you can easily tell somebody, like, look, let the your, your answer, your your default could be, Yo, we're gonna let the voters handle that. I'm not gonna get into that. I don't I don't care about that. I just wanna win this championship. You can say the cliche, whatever you want, Listen, but he man, always takes the bait. Because you know you're gonna have the defenders out there like well, they asked them. <laughs> You've never seen that. I've seen Magic win MVPs, I've seen Mike win multiple, I've seen Bird win, I've seen you know what I mean, I've seen guys win MVPs. I've never seen anyone campaign for it though. Like none of those guys. Like even Carl Malone when seen, he won, he didn't really I've, campaign for it. Yeah, I've seen plenty of people sub people after the fact and, you know, slight them. You know, Shaq yeah. is definitely going to be petty about age not winning. But, yeah, Joel's out there begging for that joint. So it's either it's going to go one or two ways for him, you know. I mean, which, you know, that it's obvious it only can go one or two ways. Joel's an R&B. Either it's going gonna, it's gonna to work or it might work against them in a way where, okay, you're Giannis right. come grab it. I was about to say, like you're right. We 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 were giving it to this dude too much, and he's not performing in the playoffs. Let's give it to Giannis because when it comes down to it, what the hell has JoJo done in the playoffs? Joker's been in yeah. the Western Conference Finals. Joel has never been out of the second round. So, but it's funny. It's funny how this happens. <laughs> if y'all want to talk about right? playoffs, then we got to go back to Giannis with it, like Jimmy said. We 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 do this thing in sports, and and I kind of realized it this year watching um the the Chiefs play, where guys will get in the league, you know, they 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 start earning their stripes, and they get good, and they get so good that we just like we just expect it of them, and we kind of like ignore them, right? Like mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is so good at this point, like I just expect him to throw for five thousand yards, I expect him to throw for three touchdowns again, like. It's not even exciting no more. Like it's almost like I just have these expectations, and I think it's kind of where. But Giannis but, averaging thirty piece. Yeah, but like Jim, 30, the fact 15 that fifteen and like five or something. 
Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, they all got crazy. It's all, Joker, Joker's always going to be the last of the three as far as scoring is concerned. And and JoJo is yeah. probably always going to be the first of the three as far as scoring is concerned. But the person who's going to have the best just solid in between both of those things, stat line, yeah. and win more games, and and be and team be more of a threat going into the playoffs. That's that's Giannis, man. Yeah, Giannis. Man. I mean, I mean, back. there's he's only running back in the league. I mean, I mean, since 1990, <laughs> there's only been there's only been three dudes to win MVP who are not top ten in scoring. Do you know what they are, Austin? No. Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and Nick uh, and Joker. I was about to say Steve Nash. <laughs> so Steve Nash, based on Steve your political, Nash, based on okay. your political stance, how do you feel about that stat? In I'm not. Gonna, I'm just. I'm just. Listen. I'm just stating facts. I'm not saying anything. This, that's what Kendrick Perkins started. That's how he started this whole thing by putting that stat out. And that's another know, thing, though. Kendrick Perkins. I don't, think, Kendrick I don't Perkins necessarily think. I don't necessarily think up Dirk deserved the one that he got. But sometimes they give people. All right, we feel like we slighted him so long. Same thing with Kobe. Like Kobe gets it, it's like, it's like, and he was he was good, he was great that year. But Kobe's had way better years, and it's, it's not like just the Oscar for well, the Day. dudes he was up against had great years. He lost to Steve Nash, averaging like fifteen a game. Yo, he, he got he got a, he, It's like getting a, it's like getting the Oscar for Training Day. <laughs> right, pretty much, pretty much. That's what I always said. Like we're getting the Oscar for Denzel had all these performances, and he get an Oscar for this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, he bodied Malcolm X, and they was like, man, for age. But anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it's too black. But with that being said, though, man, like I, it's, it's 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 just crazy, man. Like if they, if, if they do give it to Joker again, JoJo might retire. Pretty much. He, gonna, he definitely gonna cry in the back. Somebody it's gonna leak that JoJo was crying when the when the word came down. Speaking of Joel Embiid though, Joel Embiid and James Harden this season became the first teammates to win the scoring title and assist title in the same season since nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two. Um B, you wanna try to take a stab at who those teammates might have been in eighty one, eighty two, who won the scoring title and assist title? 182. I thought Moses I might have known. No, I don't know. I don't know. I thought when mm-hmm. I when I first saw, I thought of I thought of Moses and Mo Cheeks, but I was like, I don't think Mo. Mo yeah, I thought Moses and Mo, but I even thought of then I know Mo Magic and it, yeah. I thought of Magic and Kareem, but I was like, Kareem ain't winning the scoring title while Moses was around. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but the the, the combination was. Neither. It was George Gervin and Johnny Moore. If I guess Johnny Moore. But um, shout out to them. <laughs> they, they were the last uh, teammates to do this. Is this going to do anything for the Sixers? As a matter of fact, we talked about a stat. This puts Harden in a category with Russ being the only players in league history to win multiple scoring titles and multiple assist titles. So shout out to that two-man club. Uh, we're going to talk about another club in a minute that's now a one-man club, a club that just got started. But also shout out to George Gervin Yo. and Johnny Moore because we know George Gervin Yo, definitely couple, couple, put that ball in him. Johnny George Moore Gervin. career stats, George Gervin. ass cheeks. George yeah, Gervin Johnny had a good year. Right now. George Who? Gervin was George, a oh, yeah, machine yeah, yeah. I think when Johnny Moore was a part of this stat, though, I still think he's only averaging like 9.4, 9.6. I don't say only. That's a good assist number, but 
now that through the years we've seen these dudes walking around here with these double digit assist numbers um it's it's you know it's, it's a little different um shout out to him though Bielsen and said George Gervin's still shooting I'm sure he is um yeah, y'all man Zeke Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. more excerpts are coming out from his all the smoke uh podcast visit um at one podcast point he said so that he said that Scottie Pippen is the greatest defender in NBA history. Let me read the quotes to y'all before y'all before y'all um comment on it. This is everything he said in that little excerpt. Uh <laughs> He said, as a defender, right, he doesn't get enough credit. And when we talk about the greatest and best defender that's ever played in the NBA, Chicago had two of them. I'm sitting here like, oh, schnapp, Zeke, about to give some props. But then next sitting, he said, Rodman and Scottie Pippen. (laughs) But Scottie Pippen, (laughs) Scottie was different. You know, as a defender at his best, I may have to say that he and Rodman, one and two, best defenders to ever play the game. So I don't want to – so I do want to give him his respect and his props. And then as a facilitator – Scotty, you know, he was the real deal. Yo, Isaiah is going to continue to give everybody around Mike super props <laughs> because of his beef with Mike yo, to diminish. Yo, I ain't going to lie to you, right? At first, I'm like, yo, like, Isaiah, get over it. But now it's so egregious that it's funny that I was watching you guys interview just, just to see yeah. just to see how he'll slander Mike. And, like, yo, he slanders <laughs> Mike. Like, he subs him. Then, he's, then he's, he'll, he'll be direct and sub them all in the same interview. Like, right. he just, right. yo, they got to rumble. Yeah, at some point. I mean, but Mike laughing. Mike, Mike, like, man, I'm about to get, like, $4 billion for the, for the Mike Charlotte Hornets. Mike is ignoring Hornets. him. Hornets. I don't think, Mike, I don't think Mike care about basketball no more. <laughs> he, man, he's about, he about to get something he don't deserve for the Charlotte Hornets. Like, Mike ain't got, he don't care about Isaiah. He's going to look at his iPad and laugh. Like he did in the documentary. Isaiah, Isaiah, um, Isaiah probably got something like in his will that like yo, in my wake, slander Mike. Yo, but the greatest thing about the Michael Jordan Isaiah beef, and the greatest thing about the, you know, everybody pitting Michael Jordan against LeBron James, is that Scottie Pippen will continue to become more and more of a legend because of this. Isaiah's gonna give him his props to slight Mike. Everybody else going to talk about how great Scotty was and not getting his props for to slight Mike. Like, Scotty, when this is said and done, Scotty is going to be second five to ever. LeBron as far as greatest player of all time. It's going to be Scotty. It's going to be LeBron. Then it's going to be Scotty. <laughs> That's because people want to get Mike out of there. You know, I mean, I thought they was going to get LeBron out there. I thought they was going to get LeBron out there with Zion, but his vagina hurt, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, yeah, and we'll, we'll rap about that at, at some point. But wait, do we even have that on here? No, we we, we can rap about that now, man. What are y'all thoughts on the, the Zion Williamson thing? Because he's come out and said, yo, I feel fine physically, but I'm not getting back onto the court until I feel like Zion. So now we're going third person on your feelings. He's going, um, he going straight Ben Simmons. Right. Is this, because this is one of those things, it's taboo, it's a slippery slope for us to comment on this kind of stuff because we've learned by now in 2023 that mental health issues are real. But my question is, okay, 
the fact that we're going to tiptoe around quote unquote mental health issues all the time is giving people reason and excuses to use mental health as an excuse, uh, pretty much. Well, so it's like I think also this is what we used to call soft. This is what we used to call badness, but now it's like we can't say that because they could be having some mental health issues. I mean, well, I'm gonna say what I gotta say. I'm going to say what i got to say, and if y'all try to hold me accountable, just understand that I was dealing with men- mental health issues when I said it. So you can't really hold me accountable. <laughs> I had some mm-hmm. anger management <laughs> mental health issues when <laughs> I said Naya was With that bitch. being said, though, man, <laughs> they're going to start looking at their money, man, because I, with Zion and Ben Simmons both, let's use those two as an example. Y'all dudes be on social media living the NBA lifestyle, and when I say the NBA lifestyle, y'all do everything but play. Like, it's like y'all like every other part of it. Like, y'all like every other part of being an NBA superstar without the part of actually Yo, doing what it takes I'm, to be a superstar. I'm going to go ahead and stand up for my young boy Zion there. Like, I, I think that there is some chastness with, with the way he's moving, but I, I attribute it to generational, you know, uh, existence, just just generationally. There's more chastness in, in his generation. I think Ben Simmons is a whole other – like, I don't even like to mention – I don't think Zion doesn't like playing basketball. I don't think he's afraid to shoot the ball. I just think you can't be 360 pounds and six foot seven and, and do the things that he, he does physically. Yeah, but like you, his you saying that and you're separating mm-hmm. them. But, this, but you, you don't miss – you, do you, you don't sit for the season because of a strained hamstring that you got in January. Dog, that's four months. Yo, not only that, not only that, the Shane doctor Hamstring. said he's fine to come back. They man said, said he was fine. He's fine. Yeah. Yo, he, yo when he strained it, he tweaked it in February and said, nah, because of that, like, I'm kind of nervous about going out there. I don't feel myself. Come on, man. Come on, man. Y'all just like cashing Listen, these checks. My man is making millions and millions of team. money. When he could have got out. Yo, he like, he like making love to mid-white to mid women. Let me shut up. Let me just chill. <laughs> Yo, but like like you said, they're gonna have to address the money because they're already trying to address the address the load management thing. But I even heard there were three exceptions to that, so that that might be smoke and mirrors. You know what I'm saying? Because um, it was something like they're gonna have like an injury exception. They're gonna have uh, something else. I forgot what I heard. I forgot what it was called, but it. It was something that nobody could answer. Like, like, what is that? What exception is that? And the people I was hearing talk about it, they couldn't answer what it meant. Well, so we'll we'll definitely talk about that um, next week because we got time on that, and I'll I'll do some research on it. But they've made exceptions to the 65 game rule that they made for awards and and All NBA uh, next season. So it's looking like. They're just addressing it because the fans wanted you to address load management, but you're going to put a, a bunch of, but if this happens, so all people got to do is find the loophole and, and use the loophole. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out, but we'll definitely talk about that in depth uh, during our next show. Uh, Zion, come on, man. You, you're missing playing games for your team to get into the, to the, to the playoffs. Like, come on, man. Let's go. Let's play. But our stat of the week, man, Kevin Durant has created his own club because he is the first player in NBA history 
to go 55-40-90. We know there's a 50-40-90 club that he's been a part of, Steph's been a part of, um, and some more players. Uh, Tobias Harris almost was a part of it last year. Um, But he shot 55% from the field this year. I'm sorry. Um, I think it was like 55.6, 40.4% from three, and 91.9% from the foul line. So he is officially the first member of the 55-40-90 club. So shout out to KD, creating his own club. Um, we'll see who else gets into this club as time goes on. Um, I'm thinking my man Wimby got a chance. <laughs> If he dead eye like that, my man Wimby got a chance. He got a chance to be in a lot of clubs. But Jim, let everybody know what happened this week while they were on the Grizz Nae. Yo, I actually got to step off. Um, oh, you so got to step off. I'll do yeah. that. And be careful because right. I'm just going to know Tobias is going to stretch your way, though. All right. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, why Y'all Are On The Grind is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, then for dynamic, professional, and most of all affordable custom website solutions, you can call Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. You can get top quality, results-driven websites at an incredibly affordable price, and financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And when you give them a call, if you're trying to get those discounts, just hit them up. Say, here, them bulls from War Room sent me, and they will take care of you. All right. Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Baltimore Ravens on a contract. It's a one-year deal, but this one-year deal can get OD, I was about to call him ODB, OBJ, up to $18 million. Now, the base salary on this one-year deal is only uh, – I got it right here. It's only $1.16 million. You see that, and you realize he's coming off of two ACL tears um, and, and some other kind of injury, and he hasn't been the same. He's 31 years old. You look at his base salary, and you say, okay, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But he's Wait, getting a base, signing base. bonus. Yeah, 1.165 is his base. His signing okay. bonus is 13.835 million, and guaranteed. he can get a yeah that's that's guaranteed, and he can get another uh, uh, another three million dollars in incentives. So he's being guaranteed uh, almost around 15 million dollars, and he can make it up to 18 million dollars. He claims, B, that he got no assurances from Lamar Jackson that he was going to be the quarterback of the team before signing there. I look at that and I say, if you didn't, then why the hell did you sign there? But at the same time, I don't know if anybody else is going to give OBJ this kind of money on a one-year deal. So uh, what's, um, your, what's your thoughts on this? Is this a good signing for them? Will it bring Lamar Jackson back? And if it does – how do you think those two will ball together? When, whenever these type of things happen, I feel compelled to share with our audience that I look at things through multiple lenses, multiple perspectives. So let's 
let me go ahead and say this. I, I, I'm not comfortable saying I'm a fan of, uh, of just about any other human being, but I am an OBJ supporter. I've come to terms with it. I like him. I think he's funny. I think he's uber talented. I think that he has suffered from the generation that he's in where the ancillary things around football have gotten away of his craft and the substance of what it is that he is capable of because I think he, before the knee injuries, I'll go ahead and say he was a Hall of Fame trajectory and a Hall of Fame champion. Not sure if he'll make it there now. Not sure if he'll make it there now. But here's where I like saying all of that. I like I like OBJ. I think I think he is skillful enough at route running and what he does. If his knees can hold up, he still can be somewhat dynamic. I saw the I saw some of the videos. He looks a little heavy. Looks like he's running around out there 215 as opposed to 200 or 205, um, which is fine. Because if he works out of the slot, he's going to take a few more hits. If he can get his quickness there. Again, the knees. I'm, I'm gunning a little bit, but I'm, I'm coming to a point. There is no way in hell's hot sands that I would pay $12 million a season, let alone. 15 for OBG. 15, what 15 would I say? to 18. He's a seven. He's a seven to eight million dollar a year guy, and two and a half million of those are a premium for the merchandising and the following that my team is going to acquire, not the performance on the field. This was a dumbass signing at first blush, but here's why it wasn't a dumbass signing. We have everyone looking at us, knowing we should have given. By market standards, Lamar, $230 to $245 million guaranteed over five years. We know that. So let's go ahead and dump team million on this bull and tell the world, look, we get weapons for our quarterback. Come back, Lamar. We have a weapon for you. Look, we spent – you robbed – Two-time ACL bull. They rather overpay – they rather overpay for dude – then overpay for Lamar in their in their mind. That well, what and, this is about. and for them it's not terrible because their cap number is not going to be crazy because most of his money is coming in the form of a signing bonus. So boom, there you go. Manip- so now what they basically, like you said, they've manipulated the the salary cap. The intricacies <laughs> of cap management and cap manipulation. So in their mind. Let's overpay in the short term to have a bargaining chip in the long run with Lamar. Do I think Lamar will come back? I think so because unless Indiana, unless the Colts step up and Bill Belichick ain't, 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 ain't signing off on 245 guarantees. So really is the Colts. I think dude has to come back and play for the Ravens. I think he overplayed his hand. I think Lamar may have overplayed his hand a little bit, that, yes, the NFL owners are colluding. Yes, I'm rooting for him to get his money. I want him to get his money because I think it's funny to see him get paid that type of bread, wear the hairstyle that he wears, and have the perception that he does in white America. But I love it. I want him to get his money. 
OBJ is a short-term mm-hmm. overspend for them to have a bargaining chip to avoid what they perceive as a long-term overspend, which is we don't want to give Lamar that money. So if we show the fans and we show him that we're, quote-unquote, all in, and we look, we spent on weaponry, never mind what you just said, OBJ is great, but he is coming off two ACL injuries. Is he is he even eighty five percent of what he was? Yeah. Well, Lamar on, has man. till July seventeenth to work out a deal with the Ravens. Um, you know, he, he can either work out that long term deal or he can take the thirty two million dollar franchise tag that they have offered him. So we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, OBJ has claimed that Lamar gave him no assurances, but I kind of find it hard to believe that having other suitors, OBJ would sign with the Ravens if I don't think he wasn't he, sure I Lamar Jackson. Was think, I don't think he had any other suitors. I think not. Not, I at, think not at almost fourteen mil with the signing yeah. bonus. Probably not. But he, he, had he had offers suitors. at four. He had offers at four to five. I I would have bitten the bullet and signed him at six or seven, maybe even eight. But that number. The number they signed him for in the short term is ridiculous because what you're really saying is that you believe OBJ is going to catch 85 to 90 balls and OBJ is going to give you 1,300 yards in a 17-game season. That, that's, that's a $15 million a year receiver. But, but definite pro bowler, borderline uh, all pro. Borderline all pro, maybe all pro. That, that's what you paid him like. You paid him as if he is confirmed still on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I want him to be. I just don't know. What do you what do you think the ceiling is now for OBJ's production? That's so hard. I don't to know. I mean I still I still respect mm-hmm. OBJ if he's out there on the field. If he can make it through seventeen games is what I'm concerned with. Um I say in seventeen games if he makes it all the way through right now on a team like Baltimore, he's the number one receiver. Um, Automatic. I'm going 70 catches, like around exactly a thousand yards, maybe. But I might be, okay. you know, I might be holding on to the pass. I might be holding on to the pass. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. I think I think what you just said is his ceiling. I'm a I'm gonna give him 80. I'm gonna give him 80 mm-hmm. catches. 15 games and right around a thousand yards. I think the dude, I think he is capable based off of because one of the things with him is we give him so much credit for his athleticism and the freaky catches. I actually do see a little bit of a route running technician with him, and if he can keep that technical up, then he can he can do things not only outside but on the inside. Yo, ah. He's also tore the same ACL twice. So can he cut like that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, according to some site called ChatGPT, uh, they put out uh, they put out a list this week. Not really a list, but a lineup that they're calling the best NFL defensive lineup of all time. So I'm going to read you the names. At, defense, at the two defensive ends, they have Reggie White and Bruce Smith. At the two defensive tackles, they have Warren Sapp 
and Joe Green, Mean Joe Green. At the outside linebackers, they have Lawrence Taylor and Derek Thomas, Lawrence Taylor Light. At, in the, at the middle linebacker, they got Ray Lewis. At cornerback, cornerbacks, they got Deion Sanders and Rod Woodson. And at safeties, they got Ed Reed and Ronnie Lott. Any any anything here where you're like hell no, or is this, or did they possibly get it so, all the way right? So I can tell I can tell that my brother is not up on Chat GPT, which is the AI. Chat GPT is basically Skynet uh, outside of the context of um, of uh, defense, the Pentagon. Like it's it's Skynet in the real world. With for regular people, so eventually ChatGPT is going to take over the world. It's an artificial intelligence bot that learns via chat and inputs, and as people all over the world, including scientists, continue to input information, it literally begins to think based on algorithms and repeated answers over Googleplex and Googleplex of data, so it literally takes inputs and begins to think artificial intelligence. That's what that GPT is. Yeah, Scott is definitely Scott now. We did. Yeah, we did. Um, Mm. It's going to launch the missile. I give it 36 months. But chat GPT has come up with a list that's difficult to argue because when I take that collective of 11, I I don't have any flaws. The only way to argue it is to go position by position and maybe say something. The actual line even the even the even the even the defense that they're that they're seeming to run. They got, you know, a four three configuration here. Like Lawrence Taylor and Derek Brooks are probably the best of what they did. But yeah. they're not the, they wouldn't be the same players in a four three. Because they can't just both go tee off because you need linebackers if you only got three. Yo, so so I so I agree with that. But did they did is the defensive alignment a three four or a four three? I mean, it has to be a four three. They only got three linebackers. They only got three linebackers. Four three. So here's yeah, my here's my thing. defensive, here's, defensive here's my, lineman. Here's my here's my thing with that, right? Yo, dog. <laughs> I had I hold Lawrence Taylor in such high regard for what he is capable of that I think even if you stand him up as a four three linebacker, yo man, who's and, and you put that defensive line that defensive line on him and no one's getting there to block him, yo man, dude is yo, I, I yo Reggie White, Bruce Smith, Warren Sapp and Mean Joe Green. Um, I saw a lot Yo. of people, you know, with the recency bias say, well, you got to put uh, Aaron Donald in there. Yeah, Aaron Donald in there. I ain't, mad, I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that, but no. No. <laughs> no. Because of the emergence Yo. of cats like Aaron Donald, people forget about Warren Sapp, yeah. People forget Yo. what that dude was. Yo, <laughs> I saw Warren Sapp. Yo, Dev, I saw Warren Sapp run Charlie Garner down from behind. Charlie Garner was not a slow cat. Charlie Garner was not slow by any means. Warren Sapp ran him down forty yards downfield. Yo, how'd he do? Yeah. 
But like you said, position by position, there's not much that I can actually say about this. No, it's not much. The only thing you can do is nitpick. Like, hey, how they running a 4-3, and they got two edge rushers as linebackers and blah, blah, blah. But position by position, you know. I guess Derek Thomas could be argued. Yeah. Ronnie Lott, for me, is like Thanos and Black Thought. It's like I have a conversation around Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu's overrated ass, our boy B Dawk. But when you say Ronnie Lott, then I just I just be quiet. Like I really don't I mean personally for me, the safety spots are solidified. Ronnie Lott and Ed Reed. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't got nothing to argue. Ronnie Lott, greatest of all time. Oh, all right. Rod Woodson gets his props as he should, and he probably should Mm -hmm. be here. But, you know, the the masses, they're going to argue that. They're not going to argue Dion. Nobody's going to take Dion off. Um, But, no, I I, I like it. You know, I I don't really have a problem with it. I don't really have a problem. Who would you argue for Rod, though? Champ? I I wouldn't. I'm saying the masses. The masses are going to say something. They're going to say, you know, a lot of recency stuff. They might say Darrell Revis. They might say uh, Charles Woodson. They might say, you know, they might say a lot of other cats like that. I mean, they might say Herb Adderley. Shout out to the old head. People from D.C. going to say, what about Daryl Green? Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to say that. (laughs) All right. So, what uh, about the boy, Sean Taylor? (laughs) So, last thing. Last thing. Before we get to the phone lines, um, YouTube has announced their NFL Sunday ticket prices because, you know, Google won that bid. They're going to be paying the NFL $2 billion per season to snatch that NFL Sunday ticket exclusivity away from DirecTV, and it will start this season. Um, The prices are as follows. And I've been an NFL Sunday ticket subscriber on DirecTV since 1999, I believe. So you know, this make, I got to make some I got to make some decisions here. Uh, so like I said, it's a seven-year deal. Google's paying two billion annually for it. Uh, if you are already a YouTube TV subscriber, which is their base plan costs seventy two ninety nine a month already. They will give you the NFL Sunday ticket at a pre-sale price of $249 for the season, but that's if you get it before June 6th. After June 6th, that price will be $349. If you are not a YouTube Plus subscriber or YouTube TV subscriber, it's going to cost you a pre-sale price of 349 and if you get it after June 6th, after the early bird, is $449 for the season. Now, on DirecTV, it was about 300 I think it was a little bit extra if you had the red zone. Not just the red zone, it's called, direct, it's called NFL Sunday Ticket Max. So you get all the games, you get the red zone channel, you get the fantasy channel, and you also got the channel that I used to like to watch be that I called Organized Chaos, where you get eight games on one screen. Um, right. So, yeah. So, it, it you know, yesterday's price is not today's price. The prices are going up. And a good thing about DirecTV, since that was a, you know, a monthly subscription 
type of thing, they gave you the option to break it down into, I believe, five or six installments, like during the season. So you didn't have to come out all of that at one time. I haven't seen that as of yet for for YouTube, but, you know, it sounds like you got to pay this all at one time. So the NFL's running up the bag, getting their $2 billion, and I guess they're telling YouTube, you do what you want as long as you, you know, as long as you – as long as that check clear, as long as that transfer comes through, as long as that wire payment is made, uh, y'all can do what you do. So that is the information on the new home of the NFL Sunday ticket. And with that, we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, we got the homie Tobias waiting on the line, calling in all the way from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide. Took y'all long enough. Yep. What's going on, gentlemen? Hold on one second. Well, there we go. Took y'all long enough. God, I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> first. I ain't going to play a game or you pick up my phone. Uh, <laughs> We're going to talk to you at least uh, 70 more times before Zion get back on the board. <laughs> it's, time for the, it's time for the Pelicans to trade, dude. Uh, I don't know I what's going to happen first. the Pelicans to jump, dude. They need to roll Yeah. Because what's going to happen first, him play 50 games or a lot and meet the great pumpkin. My money's on the pumpkin. Uh, because <laughs> he was like, well, he's great when he plays. If he's great elsewhere, more power to him. They can still get pieces for this guy now. So maybe if they have a good roster, maybe you can get some pieces there, some picks, a team like the Nets who have picks. Maybe you could get something right. for him. Why you can't? Because of that. Oh, I forgot. They were eliminated last night, right? Yep. Yeah. Because I was about to say, I mean, you know, this is how close they made it to the playoffs. That would have been two years in a row without him. But Yeah. 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 Uh, sometimes you may have to just cut bait. And if he turns out to be great, hey, so be it. But it gave, the dude's been there like four years. And, and he hasn't played. Yep. I don't think he played 200 games yet. And now he has mental issues. Sometimes he might have to just cut bait. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, what to buy, you know what, Tobias, and, and, and mental, mental health is very serious. And I almost, um, you know, this is a very touchy subject, but are, are we allowing that to be used as a cop-out in today's mm-hmm. are yep. we allowed it's something that you it's something you can't argue against if somebody say that so you, guess what, you can't argue against you know what I would do you go see a shrink on the other team's dime yeah, oh yeah 100% 100% um, I, I think behind the scenes just like Kawhi's uh, uncle uh, was a problem. I think Zion's stepfather is the problem here. I, I do. I do. And, you know what? Our, you know what ironic part is? He's got to go to a big market. He's actually on a better squad with a better coach than many of these big market teams right now. <laughs> you know, and he has and no pressure to win a chip in New Orleans. There's no pressure. You, you asked. You said. Maybe 200, you know, he hasn't played 200 yet. He's played in 114 of a possible 287 games. He's played in 39% of his team's games 
since he was drafted, um, like four years ago. Gotta let him go. You gotta let him go. Yeah. Uh, people, you won't go to a big market. Is the number one pick a, a mental health curse these days? Think about it. You got Zion now. You got Ben Simmons. You got Markel Fultz, who had some mental stuff going on. John Wall Rose has recently admitted had it. to going Remember Derek Rose. some mental stuff. Yeah. Derek Rose had um, a little bit. Kyrie, we know he's crazy. Um, <laughs> yo, that number one pick might be, you know, a, a, a curse these days. Might work yeah, on you yeah, uh, mentally. Or the expectations are so much, so high, that these dudes don't want to get onto the court unless they feel like they are 100% all there mental, mentally, physically. But just go play. Like, think, I, I think about this. He's, he's in one of the least pressure markets out there. There's no pressure in Orleans. They just happy to be there. And uh, he goes to a big market saying he want to be a dick. Good luck, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Good luck with that. But I just think that, uh, like, I'll see y'all talking about the Bulls, right? If the Raptors that missed 18 free throws shot to DeMar DeRozan's daughter, they wouldn't even be in that game no matter how many points Zach Levine put up. <laughs> you know? And so the Bulls ain't good. That Bulls fans mad at me. They love Zach Levine. I'm like, he ain't nothing but light-skinned Bradley Bill. He can put up 25, but if he's your best player, you're screwed. There are five guys. I think of five or six guys average 30 this year. So 25 ain't an accomplishment no more in today's NBA. But I just think that sometimes, and mind you, this is the same organization. You knew Lonzo Ball's leg was falling off. You didn't get it back another point guard. Two years in a row, you're the worst three-point shooting team in the league where everybody shoots threes, and you still didn't address that, and you still don't have a rim defender. I'm like, what can you do here? <laughs> you know? And, uh, right. But I just think sometimes fans just be like, well, we can't lose this guy. I'm like, what are we doing now with this guy? If this guy is this great, should we be better than a Tennessee? Pretty much. Pretty much. All right, what yeah. else you got, man, before we get out of here? The money holds and clothes is all I got. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, the NFL, right? Someone brought up a good – I think it was Michael Lombardi. This is podcast. He brought up a good point. The Giants, Barkley, is going to hold out. And Christian – I think it's Christian Wilkins, I think, that big D lineman. It's going to – oh, Dexter Lawrence, I'm sorry, holding out. Mind you, Dexter Lawrence is all pro. He ain't got his money. And he was like, okay, you paid Daniel Jones, and the team knows they didn't make the playoffs because of this guy. <laughs> you paid him, but you hold it out against us. That's not a good dynamic, you know. And I think like Baltimore, like Baltimore oh, the, the, let's, let's, we got to keep it a buck here. Let's be honest, guy. There wasn't no other suitors for Odell Beckham. No one else is paying this guy $15 million. They may have paid him $15 million over 10 years, but not $15 million in one year. <laughs> the dude is shot. It's okay. He's done. He has two bad ACLs. He was falling off already. He lived off that one catch in the game. He ain't done squat since he left New, uh, New York. Now, part of Baker Mayfield sucking. I understand that. But he's been, he's been hurt a lot as well, and he's 30. And I just think that people are looking at what he was instead of what he is. 
mean Lamar going to stay. Hell, LeBron James told him he could stretch his bad Mayberry. He was back in Cleveland. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and let's be honest, I could be the quarterback in Baltimore and Odell was going to sign for $15 million. Because <laughs> that was the only team that was going to pay him. You know? And I just think that people just got to understand. And also, you give this guy money. You give him Roquan Smith money. But your quarterback, you lowballing. And my last one is my Buccaneers, right? Y'all know we're in the rebuild. The overrated middle linebacker, Devin White, wants a new deal, so they demand a trade. The Bucs can't trade him in June 1st because of the rules. But my and the Bucs fans, we can't let him go. What are we going to do? I'm like, dude, why in the hell are we giving a middle linebacker $100 million that we in a full rebuild? We need everything. You think we could skate by with a backup middle linebacker while we rebuild the team, right? We don't have a quarterback. We don't have a running back. We don't have a left tackle. We don't have speed at receivers. And anything else, we don't have a pass rush. Uh, <laughs> you know, why are we paying a middle linebacker $100 million to we'll have a pass rush? I mean, if, yeah. if, if people bite on his request, then y'all should be able to get a few good pieces back for That's it. That's what I'm saying. Because, but, because um, if you're in a rebuild, because we're in a hard cap league, right? You got to let people go sometimes. This ain't a quarterback. This ain't like your left tackle. This is a bill of linebacker. His name ain't Ray Lewis or Fred Warner. You know, we got a guy, mind you, in coverage. This guy's gives 120 passer rating in coverage. And this ain't nothing but sticking running backs and tight ends now. So then, so this, this pretty much dude's a liability like Jason Seahorn, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but I, I know you guys got to run because you take all day getting to me and everything. But, uh, yeah. hey, you got, hey, I understand. Come on, man. We, we saved the best for last, man. Yeah, I bet. And you're talking about cutting, cutting back for the Sunday ticket, the new Sunday ticket. So we already know your kids ain't getting school shoes this year. We already know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't know how to take care of them. So they don't need. Yeah, but but you know, yeah, but you know, but it's just like the. Uh, but one thing you talk about the NBA, right? And was like the MVP, right? Steve Nash third the year after his second MVP was actually the year he should have won MVP. That was his best year. <laughs> you know, the other two they just were like, like hey, they won. They probably were like, oops, we already gave him two, so. Yep. Yeah. And like, and like Jokic, right? And here's the crazy part about that Eastern, that Western Conference run Denver made that year. We weren't talking about Jokic. We were talking about Jamal Murray. Nobody was talking, you know. That's what people were talking about. Because Murray was dropping 40, 50 points a night. And yeah, I just think that. Scoring, that's because scoring is exciting. They ain't doing that without yeah. Joker. That's not what I just think his style is he doesn't dominate. He doesn't have a dominating style. It's like MB can dominate offense defensively, Giannis defensively, and you're scared to take a charge from him. But y'all better be glad Dallas didn't finish the top five seed because Luka was going to get it, <laughs> you know. But, oh, that's what I want to say, and I'll be out of here after this. Is it me? Remember how everybody crushed the Hawks with Trey and Luka Dunst with Trey Young? Aren't they kind of the same guy anyway? Dribble the air out the ball, uh, hard to cope. In your mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't mind, get me wrong. But... Don't get me wrong. They're good players. But the Hawks may trade Trey Young. Who in the hell wants them? <laughs> Think about no, this. No. Here's, here, here's a rebuttal I... question to that, too. And I've yeah. always been like this as a player evaluator. 
if you have two guys that do the same thing, which one are you taking? The one take the bigger one. Six, six, eight. Take, take the bigger one. Yeah. Who's eleven? Yeah. I'm talking about the same guy upstairs. That's my type. Build around type. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. But Luca. I mean, honest, the problem with them is they both went to a situation where they were needed so much. Now we're not. You know, they they've train Luca to play a certain way, is he ever going to be able to get out of that, even when they do get him talent? Because I don't know. It, it, it does He's a talent to want to go show. there. And does a talent want to go there voluntarily with that style? Yeah. Because they can say what they want to about Jalen Bronson. After a while, Buddy want to dribble. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know? And, uh, the, the, and we didn't know back. how good he was because he didn't get the opportunity. But in it, but that that's on the organization. And at the end of the day, if Luca actually demands a trade, I don't blame him. Uh-huh. Yeah. What does that be? To Tobias, to, to be honest, man, it, it, and and Dev's question is valid. Will Luke will Luca be able to adapt and and grow his game as they bring in more talent? That is a fair question and a fair concern. But Luca's six eight, man. So basically, oh, yeah. you have him play a one, two, and three offensively. As he ages and gets smarter, he could even play the three and maybe even the four in small ball. He's got some he's got some versatility sheerly due to his size. Yo, Trey Young literally is everything bad that we said Allen Iverson was in the last generation. Except Allen is to me far more of a competitor. Yo, Trey Young to me has no value other than entertainment. I, I'm I'm not I I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. Like, dude, dude, dude has a keen eye for passing, but he's cavalier and careless with the ball. He leads the league in turnovers for the last two seasons. He shoots dumbass shots, which I don't the even know. Three, yeah. I don't even know if he's really a good long-range shooter because he shoots from so far back. There's no way you can consistently make them when you're that slight of frame unless you step. And step is actually way taller and way bigger. My dude, you're That's not bigger than you think. Yeah, not in the weight. You're not in the weight room, like so. Your body isn't even that strong. Defensively, you have no value. Like you have no value. We out here playing. We out here playing five on four defensively. So I, I'm just really not a fan of dude. Like I'm no. not. Because the thing is, Jeff got bigger. Jeff worked. Jeff's not a good defender. So Matic probably listening like, Amen, Amen, brother, Amen. Yes. Uh, you got to get the hell out of here, man. Hurry up. You ain't got to go nowhere, man. Maybe you shouldn't rush me, man. But, hey, you guys have a good one. And here's a stat of the week for you guys. If Bryce Young goes number one, he will be the first Alabama player drafted number one since Joe Namath in 65. That's a crazy stat, depending on seeing how the dudes that came out of that school. That but, is uh, a crazy stat. But as soon as you said stat of the week, I knew it was about to be Alabama-related. But uh, we wrap <laughs> to see you next week, man. <laughs> All right, Peace. brothers. Be easy. <laughs> yeah, I knew Bama was coming. <laughs> as soon as he said, I got a start of the week for y'all. All right, what Bama do now? All right, so <laughs> before we get out of here, man, we just want to let y'all know what happened. This date in sports history, which is brought to you by Sports the Book, written by uh, Jimmy the Blueprint of The War Room. So make sure you get your copy at warroomsports.com, sportsthebook.com, amazon.com. Yo, a lot of stuff happened uh, this date in sports history. April 13, 1954, Milwaukee Braves' Hank Aaron makes his debut as a major leaguer. 
Um, that was his first game. We know what Hank Aaron went on to become. April 13, 1963, Pete Rose triples for his first major league base hit. That is the first of a record 4,256, by far the most hits in MLB history, still not in the Hall of Fame because he bet. April 13, 1997, the 61st Masters Tournament. Tiger Woods wins his first major title, a record 12 strokes ahead of Tom Kite. Joe, Tiger smacked the field in this one. April 13, 2004, Barry Bonds hits his 661st home run, surpassing his godfather and mentor, Willie Mays, on the all-time home run list. So we'd like to give a nice big war room salute to all Yo. of these historical moments. Yo, Jim came back. I came back, about to roll. I came back just to say Barry. I came back just to say Barry Bonds is the GOAT. That's all. <laughs> Word. Barry Bonds is the GOAT. B. Austin, you got any last thoughts before we get up out of chow? Yo, shout out to Manny Ramirez, Mike Judge, Mike Trout. <laughs> Bryce Young. Yo, yeah, uh, yo, Bryce Young. Who the good. hell is that? Yeah, oh, you said Bryce good. Young now. You mean Bryce Harper? Yeah, that's who I meant. You can't even remember your own homies, man. All right, but anyway, man, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our group chat, and all the callers who called in to chop it up with us, Tobias. Tune in next week live right here or on demand as we catch you up on all the sports and entertainment stories of the week, at least the ones that we find important. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week, your weekend. Uh, NBA playoffs are starting. We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.